FBI Radio and Fire Up are proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. And now the gladiators hop away with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A little bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Uh, it's just rubbing salt into the worm. You can see the head crash there. Oh, very nasty. And the crowd love it. They've all taken their angry pills. That smashes him to the ground. The one-handed pass back inside. With a delicate kick. He smacked their bottoms with a beautiful bit of football early. Thank you, Mrs. Robinson. Another little slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the burst. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Step, steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and... Chris Gale. As they fire up. Welcome, everybody. And I do apologise for all those people who aren't actually followers of Australian sport and therefore aren't idiots. Uh, but we include you. We are a very uh, Catholic church here. And um, we're not casting any nasturtions on you lot. It's absolutely whatever. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Stephen. How are you? Uh, Chris, it's a beautiful winter's day. In Sydney? It's gleaming, it's glorious, it's sunny, it's shiny, it's Sydney. For those, glory, for, for those people who are suffering elsewhere in Oslo or New Zealand or, Victoria. or Los Angeles or even Victoria, <laughs> especially Victoria, our heart goes out for you, Victorians. We do really feel for you. Does it really? Uh, not really. I mean, not really, no, is the fact that, I mean, I, I am definitely feeling the frustration and the limitation of not being able to go to Berlin. Yes. Not so much Melbourne. What about the Gold Coast when it opens up? The Goldie? Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm booked. What about Hawthorne? 10 July. No. Nah. Uh, Richmond. Richmond? What is that? <laughs> Geelong. Geelong. Who would go to the beach in St Kilda? It is so dire, and we'll get to this in detail, that even Cameron Smith, Smith. himself has fled to the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> yes. That's it. I mean, listen to the name of the Sunshine Coast, you know. <laughs> it says it all. Let's go. Yeah. Now, Chris, uh, Rugby League, or Rugby League, reflects society, but it also reflects the microcosm that is Sydney. Yes. In all of its, you know, foibles, glories, etc., achievements, failures, etc., etc. Um, and, and sometimes it's beyond that. Sometimes it's, 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 it's epic, it's marvellesque, it is Roman Empire, it is Greek tragedy, it is biblical, it is Shakespearean, Chris. And uh, I think that last night we witnessed a game that had all of that and more. Yes, it was uh, quite the night out there at some Corp Stadium, wasn't it, Stephen, as well, the Melbourne Storms... Well, they were formerly known as the Melbourne now Storms. Now what are they called, Chris? Tropical Sunshine Storms. Trop- that has a nice ring to it. Nice, isn't it? And they got new shirts to match, so every day is Hawaiian shirt day. Yeah, the, the, you used to see some guy holding a lightning bolt. Now it's just <laughs> uh, someone under a palm tree with a banana daiquiri. In a coconut. That's right. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. Against uh, the Sydney Roosters are just the same old, same old. And I'm assuming they've moved to um, the, the golf course uh, uh, complex. 
I don't Any news ahead? For, for security reasons, they the NRL is not... Re- because, you know, there'd be riots because people want to get a piece of them. Uh, they won't reveal what the name of the resort is, but I'm very confident that it would have the name Mirage somewhere in the resort name. Right, OK. Uh, Christopher Scase is, is just lo- lapping. He's loving it, isn't he? You know, a little slice of Melbourne up the sunshine. God rest his soul. Could have gone further north, but hey, that's good enough for them. Now, those who don't follow rugby league, uh, a close game is a great game. <laughs> And when you've got two of the powerhouses, and dare I say, two of the two of the most hated, most reviled by teams you. in the competition by me by at least, you. I think many others yeah, really have. Like, I, I can understand your antipathy towards the Sunshine Storms, but uh, I don't mind the Roosters. Stephen. I hate a winner, Chris. Yeah, but but <laughs> I tell you what though. The game is always, you know, feeding on itself and turning inwards. And one of the areas that isn't resolved, even within the Sunshine Storms themselves, because I went to the authoritative source that is Twitter, Mm. and the Storms were victorious in extra time, 27 to 25 over the Roosters. Storms fullback Ryan Pappenhausen this morning has tweeted... Could you say that name slower and better? Ryan Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen, yeah. Former Tiger, I hasten to point out. Isn't the whole country a former Tiger? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. <laughs> Larry Nichols has bred them, hasn't he? Anastasia Palaszczuk, former Tiger. Yes, former Tiger. <laughs> Jody McCann, Marina former, Go, Tiger. former Tiger. Former Tiger. <laughs> That's true. So Pappenhausen has tweeted how good is rugby league this morning, which is a tremendous insight, but his teammate Christian Welsh has tweeted how good is rugby league. Ah. We can't even get that right. No, no. Uh, the rugby league likes to eat itself. It does. And my point being is that when there are winners, and I don't want to call it the tall poppy syndrome, but I think the rest of us want to just, just chew them up and spit them out <laughs> so somebody else can have a shot at being a winner. Because we hate winners. I hate a winner. Well, you follow St. George Illawarra, so yeah. therefore, by definition, you're not a winner. Well, I, as I said, I predicted with the Stephen Bradbury this year when all the rest of them fall apart. And last night, didn't the Roosters fall apart? They really did. I mean, what a game, Stephen. And you know why they fell apart? Because the mighty St. George Dragons softened them up last <laughs> That's week. Right. Can I say, Stephen, simply that they were gassed. Gassed, were they? I mean, one of my Roosters supporters, Fens, was suggesting they played 17, in 17 days they played four games. I'd say, so what? You know? That's what they paid, what? <laughs> Good coin to do. Uh, okay, so Melbourne, of course, who are known as uh, the most evil team in the world, and then we get a... <laughs> and, uh, and they twirl their moustaches, and Cameron... Smith. Smith. You know, we've often called him Lucifer and Satan and Beelzebub. I mean, how forms of evil are there, Chris, in the world? And I'm talking about when you're referencing, you know, Greek mythology. I'm talking about, uh, well, first of all, Hades. Yes. God of the Underground. Yes, from uh, Greek mythology. Uh, His contemporary, of course, Pluto Pluto. in Roman mythology. Beelzebub gets a run somewhere. Well, is that biblical? Old Testament stuff? Sounds good. Beelzebub? Sounds good. So definitely theology is a source of evil. Right, right. I would say that, uh, look, there were a few of them. I mean, even in cinema history, we've often talked about how De Niro in Angel Heart, and then you get Pacino in The Devil's Advocate. I mean, they're not one and the same. So I'm just saying to you, Chris, that perhaps last night was a battle of evil versus evil. There was no good at all on the field. (laughs) Totally, totally besotted by evil. So in other words... Most people observing the contest would have no idea to go who to go for, no. which, which was like that Pokemon movie, no. where the Pokemon fought the Pokemon, yeah. and they were mirror images of each other. What did the fans do? It, it was really distressing because yeah. in the end you didn't have anyone to go. Because we know both those teams have the lowest following of fans in the country, right? <laughs> well, so I rang my brother and said, "What? Who are you going for?" He said, "Injuries." <laughs> I said, "Okay, that's by, a nice win." By the way, you <laughs> and are there the, were <laughs> you are the personification of Schadenfreude. The delight that you took in poor old Victor Von Doom, Radley, yeah, and yeah. Sam Verrill's being injured. Oh, not because Bank West was a cow paddock, but simply because of bad luck, and you seem to delight in that. But you talk about I was the, dancing under rainbows, Chris. Terrible, you're dancing on grace. <laughs> 
But can I say this? This you talk about the, what's happened in this world yes. and and the world in which we live in. You've got the Brisbane tropical storms playing the Sydney Roosters at Suncorp Stadium, which last I looked was home of the beleaguered Brisbane Broncos. With twenty five percent first off numbers, right? So a crowd capacity of twenty five percent, drawing from the Greater Brisbane area, which geographically has no interest in either team. Mm. What did I notice? First mm. of all, no cardboard cutouts. I okay. miss them. I Is miss that the because cutouts. of twenty five percent crowd? The, took the, away the option? Our overlord, Peter Volandi, says we've got to make a statement. We've got to move from a synthetic crowd to a actual flesh and blood. We're not right? like other codes. We're not like other codes. Right, okay. So that went. Mm-hmm. However, I would maintain, based on the number of people seen in, in the seats, which, let's face it, weren't many, yeah. that they continue to pump out that synthetic crowd sound on the television. So it was a blurring of mm. fiction and reality. Mm. But I looked closely and I said, who are these people clad in storm colours and roosters' colours? feigning interest in a game being played in Brisbane. Mm. Peter Volandi is, is all about new markets. He's all about entertainment. Entertainment, Chris. You know that. That's I, I, entertainment. I froze the image at certain times because I had to go to the bathroom. But when I came back and I looked, and, and I, I think I reckon now Stephen in the crowd, members of the arts community. Well, you think uh, Volandis has, uh, has gone maybe to ScoMo and said, ScoMo, you've got this money. Like, like he went to Gladys and said, you've got this money. We want to build some mini Bankwest stadiums yes. around the city. Yes. Uh, thank We've got you. To we'll, them. we'll take from there to feed that, you know. Uh, we don't care what the arts community says. But now he's gone to SCOMO and says, now the arts community are crying poor. And you've got some money for them. Let, let us allocate that funds. That's right, because you're prepared to give me money for sport. Right. We've got rusted on fans. We need new markets. And, and if you want to go out to someone who's, say, in the acting profession, yep. and you want to give them a great challenge, yep. now... You know, traditionally it might be Hamlet or Ophelia or something like that. Charging an actor with the responsibility to be a Storms or a Roosters fan. I mean, that's that's Oscar winning. Airfare included, hotel included, the whole the whole (laughs) package. Breakfast. It's the PBL package. Because I think, look, I checked my email. Now that you mentioned it, I got an email. I think from both Screen Australia, (laughs) right, right, and Create News of the World saying you're going to Bank West tomorrow night on on the government's coffer. It's part of the conditions. What do you think? The arts community, we're loving it. Look, look, I think we talk about the new normal. Look, yeah, look, and and I look. Some of us don't need it. I know Jeffrey Rush is happy at the moment. Yeah, he seems okay. He's got his payout. He's happy, you know. News Limited. <laughs> Thank you very much. It wasn't uh, on the front page this morning. I was surprised on that. I didn't even I would have thought it. that would have been front page news for The Telegraph. Yeah. Forgotten that one. <laughs> They're going to defend that staunchly, aren't they? Chris, um, yeah, so well, that's interesting, isn't it? The arts community are just jumping out of their seats to get to rugby league games. I know. Well, that. they were jumping out of their seats. Because they're bored, stupid. They, were, yeah, yeah, they, they can paint, they yeah, can write, they can record. And it was a tremendous challenge. Mm. And, and the game itself, uh, can, can I put a theory to you, Stephen? You want to talk about the game? We never talk about the game. We never talk about the game. No, no. And I'll try not to, except for the fact, I mean, it was obviously, can I say, a seesaw affair. Seesaw, yes. Riddled with errors, Our though. will start, yeah. seesaw finish. Yeah, I mean, these are the best players in the universe, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. But they were making fundamental mistakes, mm. and off the back of that, scores were occurring. Mm. Now, you know, in another life, I do commentary for professional wrestling, Stephen. I do know that. and it's It befuddles me. And it's regarded as sports entertainment. Yes, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and Overlord Volandis has talked a lot about entertainment, yeah. right? And Volandis, wherever he is this morning, he will be crowing about that was the greatest game of rugby league ever played mm-hmm. in the history of recorded human endeavour. Yes. Is he perhaps encouraging a lot of the arts community to... Now, what about the musical about rugby league? They can go on in the news, you know, Sydney Theatre? Well, I... I They're I, struggling. 
I think there was someone called Dennis Carnahan who did a thing called Rugby League the Musical, and basically that tanked. So it's an open playing field, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's crying out for some talent there. Right, right. But if, if Landis is in the entertainment business, baby, yeah. and here was a game that rocked from, you know, the Roosters up by 10, the Storm up by 2, Kyle Flanagan kicking a conversion almost on full time to tie it up. Then Luke Keary kicks a field goal almost on full time and to go And then ahead. they celebrated. And then Pappenhausen, how yeah. good is rugby league, kicks a field goal to tie it up and send it into extra time. Right. And we'll go into what happened then in a moment with your mate, uh, Jake Friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm certainly not saying, like professional wrestling, where the athleticism is real, where the skill is real, where the talent Uh is real, but the result is orchestrated Uh for the purposes of entertaining the masses. I'm not saying rugby league would do that, but geez, it was entertaining last night. Because you're suggesting something very close to the bone here, Chris, because you know that Peter Volandis is also the head of New South Wales Racing. Again, clean skin sport. Gambling is is, is the the bedrock, let's face it. Horse is a second fiddle. Despite the millions, dare I say, billions of dollars that people wager on that sport, totally clean, Mm. absolutely Mm. no fixes Mm. ever been on, full stop. Would never happen in football. That's right. We do gloat that uh, rugby league was the first... uh code uh, or any sporting activity in the English-speaking world to get back into play. But, of course, racing was well ahead of us. Yeah. Well ahead. Nobody trumpeted that <laughs> way. I just say they were furlongs ahead of us? Furlongs ahead of us. <laughs> now, Chris, you know last week there was that touching scene where Cameron Smith, the, the captain, Cameron Smith. Smith. What's that smell of sulfur? Like? There's something not quite right. Toxic. And we don't know whether he's going to retire. He's, what, he's 48 years old. He's still keeping the kiddies out of the game, you know. But uh, he went into the opposition. No, seriously, seriously, these old guys should just get out of the waste. Out of the way. It's a young people's game. It's a young people's game. Tell me that. <laughs> Tell me that. Get out of the way. Tell me that. Okay. Uh, Smith uh, magnanimously went into the dressing room of the team that was thumped. The sacrificial lambs to the code, the warriors from New Zealand who came over here and left their little babies and their dogs and their, and their partners behind in New Zealand, their parents during this pandemic to allow rugby league to travel forward. And, and of course, they lost. They, they got smacked last week. So uh, in a gracious gesture, we didn't hear the dialogue. We, we don't even know what Cameron Smith really said. But did they do the same last night when they beat the Roosters? Did Cameron Smith go into the dressing room? Okay, I can tell you, first of all, exactly what Cameron Smith said. Mm-hmm. He said, you guys made me look bad out there because that wasn't a contest, Warriors. Mm-hmm. I'm the greatest player that's ever lived. Give me something to play against. And if you're thinking about leaving the competition to go home to New Zealand, go. But before you do, um, we're about to be relocated. You got any tips on what's good on Netflix and Is, good card games to play, that's right? That's your take. Right. That's my take okay. on it. Right, oh, okay. I'm going to say to you, Chris, you forgot one word, one very important word. Robbo. Rob, well, now, no. Robbo, Robbo from the school, let me just say, uh, Elrond Hubbard's got nothing on Robbo, right? <laughs> and, and you know those types, you know, what the... Jim, Jim Jones. Jim Jones and the Georgetown. <laughs> George Jones and Jim Town. You know, can, look, some of those preachers you see on Sunday morning on telly that wax Jim lyrical. Baker. Yeah, Jim. Uh, for uh, example. John Travolta. <laughs> Anthony Robbins, Chris. L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. I, I don't, I, I know. Now, you may remember that the, the man who was self believed was Cooper Cronk, and he left Melbourne, of course, and came to the Roosters. And I think he somehow dispersed that, uh, that very new age sort of self confidence boost. And I think that Robbo is infected from Cooper Cronk from Melbourne with this sort of. Well, we all know about the Mount Kilimanjaro speech, Chris. Now, I have a feeling that what the camera didn't show was the Mount Kilimanjaro speech was said before the game, yes. at halftime, and at the very end. To the storms. So, so Robbo, because there's a, there's a bit to unpack here, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Robbo interviewed before the storms game, and everyone said, well, you must be thrilled about getting the boys up for this clash of the titans. <laughs> and he goes, 
I don't find it challenging. No. There's nothing there for me. We get excited about playing every, every game, opponent. Of course. We don't rise or fall based on the opposition coach. Now, first of all, as a Roosters fan, I'm incensed by this Absolutely. because you know, you know you're going to belt the Titans and the Bulldogs, but you've got to get and up the, the storm. Yeah. And they lost last night. Yeah. But he just sees himself as sort of new age style striding yeah, yeah, like a colossus yeah, yeah. of this. So in the spirit of the Cameron Smith Ryan Hoffman, Craig Bellamy gesture for the Warriors who were relocated. Yeah. Robbo felt it was his task. Because they've been re- relocated. The Storms have been relocated to the Sunshine well, they're, Coast. They're, they're the, the sacrificial somewhere. lamb now. Right. Yeah. So it's Robbo. It's tough up at Noosa. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't Cameron Smith going into the rooms afterwards. It was Robbo. Right. Now, maybe we don't know whether after Robbo gave his speech with, I think there was like 500 feet to go to get the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Yep. Did he actually do it himself? No. They got the 10, ten feet short. Ten feet short. That's what happened last night. That's right. It's like poor old Jake Friend ran out of oxygen. Jake Friend. Couldn't happen a nicer <laughs> guy. Now, for those who don't know, Jake Friend is the, the hooker and generally the guy right where all the muckraking goes on <laughs> who throws his hands up in mocking indignation every time he thinks there's a perceived slight on him and he just pushed the play backwards. Normally the hands go up on this occasion. And gifted the win. As Fanuka made a run towards the sticks, yeah. the hands went out, pushed him over, penalty game over. And then he said... <gasps> And then he gave himself away. It, it was We were back on Kilimanjaro. We were oxygen yeah. deprived. And Smith then, he just gave himself away. Can we have a penalty, please? And then Cameron Smith, Smith. kicked the winning goal. Oh, God. Gee, is the world in a better place, Chris, I ask you? No. And no. shoot, just had one question for you, and that is, are you fired up? Are you fired up? Are you fired up? Are you fired up? I love you. Let's keep moving forward. God bless you. Here come the woman with a look in her eye. Rest on leather with flesh on the mind. Devil inside, devil inside. Every single one of us, the devil inside. Devil inside, devil inside. Every single one. You start seeing ice on the groin, you're starting to think about it. My very thoughts, my very sentiments exactly. Thanks, Raj, for that. Uh, Chris Gale is here. Fire up, we're, we're on. It's uh, It was a big night last night, uh, Chris, but um, I just wanted to sort of, if I could, um, talk about some of the terminology uh, in rugby league, uh, in sport in general. I know we love the word grub. And we have layers of insults um, in the code from journalist, from fan. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, no, that's, that's the biggest insult in rugby league to call someone a journalist, journalist right? I know. The media. <laughs> the media. Yeah, them, them. They're in the um, dirty zone, not the clean zone. Obviously, there are areas we steer clear of, you know, racist taunts, etc. Sure. You know, um, gender, bias, etc. But germ is okay. Germ is good. Germ yeah. is very good. Grub is very good. Uh, there's a few other beauties, but uh, I, look, I, I would like to just niggle pay. merchant. Niggle merchant, that's a beauty, isn't yeah. it? You know, some of you don't even know they're niggle merchants until years later you hear that they were niggle. Mer- so good, it's like masters at the at the craft. But 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 uh, Nick Kyrgios, of all people, came out on his high horse. I didn't even know Nick had a high horse, and he started throwing darts uh, at a at a fellow uh, tennis player. Well, this all came off the back of the Djokovic coronavirus uh, disaster. Djokovic puts on a tennis tournament and then they have a party afterwards, as yeah. you would. Yeah. Oh, talking of parties, Chris. Yes. That was in excess devil inside. Oh, yes. That was in honour of Cameron Smith. Smith. 
happy birthday to Kirk Bengilly, who, of course, uh, along with the six-time world champion, Lane Beachley, were regular guests on Fire Up many years ago. Maybe we should get them back soon. That'd be fantastic. I, I've never had the pleasure. No. Yeah. Uh, we've had many great guests over the years who, who, who love this uh, show. Not enough saxophone and rock and roll, Stephen, no, these no. days, in my view. Silver chair? Well, yeah. There's yeah. there not enough saxophone and silver chair. <laughs> it certainly was not. <laughs> Hoodoo Gurus, of course. But if they were still playing today, they would have saxophone. Hoodoo Gurus, of course. Hoodoo Gurus, you know, the Whitlam's, you know. Yep. Oh, many, 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 many. I mean, many. The, the dearly departed Damien Lovelock Damien from the Celebrate Rivals. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Mendelssohn, he was a pest. Couldn't get rid what of him. What band was he in? <laughs> well, you know he's a Storms fan, so, you know, oh, it says, know. It says volumes. Well, he, and, interestingly, if you follow the stratospheric career of Ben Mendelsohn now, yes. which has just got Hollywood writ I large. only started when he came on the show. And, and it, Correct. And yeah. all he plays are um, evil characters, yes, yes. a la his work yeah. in the Star Wars yeah. movie Rebel, I think it was called, or something like that, um, Rebel 1. And every, I don't, I don't want to say that he's channeling the same character every time, but you, you boy, oh boy, when you see Ben Mendelsohn on screen, yeah. you think two words, Cameron Smith. That's it. You do, don't you? You really do. There's something toxic about him. Uh, whereas Brendan Cow plays, uh, I think, the sensitive man, you know, the man who's in touch with his feelings. Uh, but we don't know how that's going to play out with Avatar, which, of course, ever since being on fire up, he's gone on to bigger, better things. Yeah, yeah. He's over in London at the moment, which he described on uh, Instagram this week as the best town in the world, Stephen, which is a big insult to the show. I thought, but uh, I always feel Brandon is someone in touch with his feelings, or at least he's searching for them. Yes, right. Okay, well, back to Nick Kyrgios. I don't know if he's in touch with his feelings, but he got on his high horse because he thought it was ridiculous, and he has a, he's had a, quote, a war of words, Ooh. a war of words with a fellow called Zarev. Do you know this Zarev character? Yeah, I think Alexander Zarev is another uh, uh, tennis player. Right, and he had a party at a Belgrade nightclub. Now, that's a place I want to go. Well, at least, at least they still have nightclubs in Belgrade. Exactly. Good on them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's preaching out of self-isolate because he was caught out because he and I think another four, including his wife or girlfriend, uh, details of Amy, were all then tested positive. Well, well I, I don't want to get particular here, Stephen, but I think the original issue was Djokovic, his wife, and other tennis players right. at the tournament. Oh, he's the world number seven. Yeah, and then Zarev... <laughs> dodged the coronavirus despite being in attendance in the tournament, uh, said, I need to do better, and then was filmed out again partying. Right. right. By so, the way, they've started DJing again in Sydney, you know. Uh, tell me where. So, for example, uh, my friend Kate Munro DJed at the Green Park last weekend. Beautiful. No dancing. No, producer Sitting. Pat, You'll find producer Pat at the Marlborough, I think, this weekend, yeah. tomorrow night. No dancing. Wiggling. So, you yeah, talk about silent disco. This will be motionless disco. Yes, yes. That'll be You can wiggle, though. That'll shake your bottom. Can you just imagine little... 50 people in a venue sitting down, just all going, June. I know that our beloved Oxford Art Factory have got a, um, a, a long run with the band, but everybody has to sit at tables. It's, it's back to Berlin, 1921. It's, it's cabaret. It's Weimar. It's Weimar. It's Bauhaus. It's not the beach house. Who knows where that's going to lead, <laughs> culturally speaking, Chris? And and this is all at the hand of Peter Volandis. The Vanguard. Tapping into those, gra- those the, grants. My, my friends in the band Georgia June played in the Vanguard a couple of weeks ago. Oh, the, the actual seated. Vanguard. They're not at, like, where, rugby league's not at the Vanguard. The actual Vanguard, right? <laughs> That's correct. Okay. Now, apparently the Canberran, Nick Kyrgios, I had no idea. I thought he was just a, a, a global citizen. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently he, 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 had a, he had a takedown of this Zerun. Zerun. Zerun, number seven in the world. He called him... No, n- I can't even say it, so a donut. <laughs> Boris Becker had a go at him, but he said he's a donut. That's right. So Boris Becker, a former tennis great for those who even remember who Boris is, he enters into the war of words with Kyrgios on behalf of Zerev yep. and Djokovic, dot, dot, dot. 
and describe and, and Kyrgios is described as a donut. Yes. And no, no, and then he called he called no Becca a donut, a, a bigger donut bigger than I donut. thought. <laughs> so you think that's a donut? This is a donut. Donut, yeah. yeah. Now, now, what describes a bigger donut? Is it simply diameter, or is it glazing? Yeah. Is it what's the big hole in the middle? You got nothing in the middle, like like Boyd Cordner donut. But can I simply ask, are you more an ice cake guy, which is, you know, room temperature, icing on it, or do you like where they you see the mixture go into the boiling oil and get pumped out and it's a hot, fresh cinnamon donut? Uh, look, what, if it's on MasterChef and they're using nitrogen, that's my, that's me. <laughs> that's, that's me. Yeah. High art, Chris. You don't get that in the standard shopping mall, though, do you? <laughs> we'll get to shopping malls in a minute. Um, anyway, it brought to mind, of course, some of the great, and I think there's something about, you mentioned Neil Merchant, something about the, the class equality uh, takedowns. And I think that, you know, when you get crude and vulgar, it's not funny. No, no. Yeah. It, I, I, it, any epithet, any sort of uh, casting aspersions on one based on, you know, religion, race, all those things. It's, yeah. it's, and, and just swear words in general, Stephen. Profanity doesn't wash with me. No. You, know, I, I, you know, I can't watch you know, shows like Deadwood and all that stuff. And, and The Wire, that uh, sort of low-rent rubbish. Hip-hop, Chris. You know, hip-hop. The, the I mean, entire it's the lowest form of literature, right? <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching hip-hop evolution right yeah, now, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. And they're, tr- they're trying to maintain that people like Public Enemy and Run yeah. DMC and the Beastie Boys contributed to the culture. They just contributed to profanity. And I don't exactly, because like I don't like it either. Rugby league defines yeah. See, real terms. If a hip hop song, you know, if, if I know Kanye's got a new one, but if he came out with, let's for example, something that rhymed with pork chop, yes, I, he'd be on a winner. There you go, an international hit. Jesus, uh, I'm just thinking about donkey. Don- <laughs> <You know>? Goat. <laughs> if he took down one of his, you know, what they call the rap wars, you know, when they, they go against each other. <laughs> On Twitter, and he called him a donkey. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'd be a go. They have the world in just rapture. Um, I'm thinking bonehead. Well, I mean, you, you open up some 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 great stuff that's come across from uh, cinema into rugby league. Tell like me, knucklehead, knucklehead, Chowderhead. That's not in thirties, isn't it? Chowderhead, Chowderhead. Wise guy, wise guy. That's definitely better than German grub. Yeah, well, it's it's you talk about hip hop evolution. This evolution there, yeah, and virus has lost its meaning. Well, it, I think if you call someone a virus now, yeah. Yeah. you're talking about someone infinitely adaptable, able to dominate the world. Yes, you, I wonder if the people could text in some other. Yes, yeah, so the text line is zero four zero nine nine four five nine four five. This is fire up, and this is Laurie Anderson stepping into the the realm into the debate. <laughs> I had 
architecture, rugby league architecture. Rugby league architecture. I like the way he's got it. I mean, Danganane, you've got to have a voice that growls, correct? We don't have those voices that growl. No, Chris. I mean, Danganane has, uh, I think, carved out a role as one of the doyens of rugby league commentating, whereas yeah. Matt Nable, who does a great promo, don't get me wrong, mm. great actor, terrific. Can't remember names, though. Yeah, played for um, Manly, Raringa, doesn't quite cut it. So it's, it's subtle, but rugby league architecture does, you know, we were talking about the sacred places of rugby league mm, last yeah, week, you know, right. Northies, uh, you know, yeah. the Terrigal Hotel, Nate Miles. Dubbo Hotel. Dubbo with yeah, yeah. Shoe and, Casinos, and Jupiter. Julian O'Neill yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But what defines rugby league architecture? I mean, to me, uh, oh. they, they want to, you know, Volandis wants to build a mini bank west at Brookvale and te- te- tear down that stadium. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a sacred it's place. It's heritage listed, it? Chris. I would have thought so. Yeah. Latcham Robinson stand at Leichhardt. Can't yeah. touch that. You can't wouldn't want that. to. No, no. You know, I, yeah. I think there is a whole thesis yep. in what constitutes rugby league architecture and what we're, what we're doing to the game yep. by going down the Volandis pathway. Well, interesting you talk about sacred sites because I want to bring up one right now, Chris. But first I want to say, uh, Victorians, we don't like you, never have. <laughs> You're not welcome. And you've got a show. If you get off the train, you see the Southern Aurora? They've got an army of doctors and nurses and police waiting for you. You can't sneak in by train. You can't drive up the highway. They're going to pull you over. The coppers are in on it now. The, the, in fact, I think the military arm of uh, the executive has been brought in yep. specifically for this purpose. Central Station is crawling with crawling. security right now. Yeah. And and at the games this weekend, Stephen, I know that uh, you and I, of course, will be attending out of Bankwest Stadium Courtesy tomorrow. Courtesy Create New South Wales That's and right. Screen Australia. And let's hope it's not a cow paddock. <laughs> uh, is that Peter Volandis himself will be checking everyone's driver's licence at the gate. Yes. And if it has Victoria on it... Yeah. Bike, you're on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, the, the policeman will, will, will actually chaperone you all the way back to the state border. They used to say if you were in Monaco, mm. Stephen, I know you used to spend a lot of time in Absolutely. that principality. God, you when I used to DJ. That, that, that's right. <laughs> if you're working on the streets of Monaco at 6pm at night and yeah. therefore clearly not domiciled, right. the local constabulary would come up and just take you to the train station and go leave Even if you DJ? Monaco. Well, <laughs> no, but you'd be ensconced in the oh, Lowe's. Yeah. Yes. Casino ready yes. to go, you're right? Ready to go, yeah, but if yeah. you're a backpacker, yeah, yeah. you're gone. You've got no, no the, ground. The, the Victorians of Australia are now the backpackers of Monaco. They're on the train by six o'clock at night and right. out of the principality. Well, upon that, and of course, the shutters have gone through. Um, what is it called again? Uh, AFL? Mm. Is that another code, right? And I think they're VFL. They're based in Victoria. Strain rules. Right, think, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Sydney Swans chairman, Andrew Pridham, never heard of him, right? <laughs> but this week made some noise. He said he's issued an ominous warning that the AFL could become a rugby union <laughs> if it fails well, to keep investing in New South Wales and Queensland. Investing? Billions of dollars have gone in already. <laughs> that, that, that's, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, if AFL, whatever that is, yeah, whatever is, that faced with, is. is faced with the prospect of becoming rugby union, which I know exactly what that is. They're worried. That is a disaster. They're worried, Chris. Yeah. And, and you know, God love, they can team up with Peter Fitzsimmons for advice. <laughs> and that and if, haven't they got a, go, a, a, a governing body with John Howard and, and, and some admirals from the, from the Air Force and the Army advising rugby union? Is that what <laughs> AFL want to go that path? Really? They could get Murray Bashir to advise them, you know? Peter, Peter Cosgrove. Peter Cosgrove. He said everything. <laughs> hey, you got a medal coming the, over. Hold the phone. 
Jim Mullen. Ah, oh, Christ. And this, this man, by saying it publicly, how worried must he be? He is panicked, Stephen. That would suggest that the boss uh, of the AFL or VFL, what's called, McLaughlin? Gil McLaughlin. Right, he's not the guy that does the racing commentary. It's his brother. His brother. Yeah. They're in everything. Hamish. They? Hamish. Hamish and Gil. Hamish and Gil. See, it'd be that, fun. You know what? They're very rugby union oh, names. They're perfectly transferable. Perfectly transferable. Yeah, I, mean, I could just see the McLaughlins oh. moving in yeah. livestock and barrel into rugby union. But, but the thing about the AFL, they talk about the investments, Stephen. I mean, there has been some legacy. I mean, I know you personally are affronted every time you go down to Henson Park and see Aussie Rules. The four sticks. It's my point, Chris. They've spent billions of dollars over the last decade putting those four sticks (laughs) and then funding the kiddies to try and brainwash the kiddies into a new code. And they're still at the risk of becoming rugby union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, 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 I mean, I'm personally concerned about this, Stephen, because, as you know, I'm a West Tigers fan and it was a merger between two great foundation clubs, Balmain and Western Suburbs. We all love a magpie. The most beautiful call in the world, Chris. The most beautiful. And you want you to destroy it. Your tigers, who don't exist here, want to destroy the magpies. The magpie is a songbird, right? Yes. But w- one would feel, based on recent events, that the western suburbs side of the merger is in the ascendancy. Mm-hmm. And that traditional power base of Balmain, which surprisingly enough is Balmain, mm-hmm. is directly <laughs> under assault from the incursion of the AFL because they've got a development officer who comes up and actually physically plants the sticks in the ground. Chris, I think the biggest, uh, dare I say, well, it... it, it it was sacrilege, sacrilege it was, when they put four sticks on Birchgrove Oval, the home, the home? Of 1908, the first game ever played Birchgrove Oval, bottom of the tip, Birchgrove, yeah, west, western suburbs, but really Balmain but country. It, and it was between Balmain and western suburbs. So there, you is, there, there is the crucible of Australian rugby league is yeah, Balmain. Yeah. The crucible is Birchgrove Oval. This week, a Victorian... Mm-hmm. Turns out, Bob's up where? Yeah. Woolies. Balmain Woolies. Balmain Woolies. Now, is that not ground zero for the <laughs> AFL sleeper agent to come into Sydney and destroy not just New South Wales and Sydney, but Rugby League as well? The whole joint's in lockdown. The joint's in lockdown. I know people are personally affected. Yeah. Rugby League, because Volandis doesn't want anything to do with AFL. No. Victorians. No, Victorians. And now he doesn't want anything to do with Balmain. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this is going to disturb some listeners, but next year in the National uh, Rugby League, which is not called that anymore, is it? Maybe it is. Um, uh, it will not be West Tigers. No. It's going to be the West Maggies. The West Maggies. It's done. And Chris, you've, that's I feel, the damage I, that I can I say cause? that sometimes the local communities have only got themselves to blame. Who? You, when was the last time you went down to Louisa Road? Louisa Road. Birch Grove. <laughs> and, and, we'll, and we'll, can walk around and smell the money. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm saying? Working class, you know, Balmain boys don't cry, Neville ran, you know, the hard sort of, you know, workers down at the docks, that sort of stuff doesn't exist anymore. No, no, Hollywood they, stars. They have sold out. They've gone beyond Paddington. They've gone beyond bloody Double Bay. You know, Noosa Heads maybe, you know. Balmain, proud working class roots, maritime suburbs, Stephen, yep. you know, coal mining, the whole bit, the, you yep. know, the foundation on which this great nation was built. Well, all those people have been pushed out yep. by gentrified pubs. Yeah. Louisa Road mansions. Yep. I've got to say, Balmain, which is, I thought in my DNA, mm. I, I, I used to work there. Not anymore. Not anymore. I just don't belong. Right. So, maybe they've got a point. Maybe this bloke has got a point. Said, you know, wherever there's rugby union lovers, <laughs> and really, what are they, really? They're just up with your mobile creatures. Well, the type of people who live in Balmain now. That's exactly. the trouble. So, yeah. I, I'd say give them those little cordon off precincts. If we just turn Balmain into a mini Victoria, seal yeah. the borders, yes. and they can play their rugby union and their AFL there, mm-hmm. and the rest of us can get on with life and with rugby league. Right. Well, this Preedon bloke says um, that some people south of the border feel, 
falsely believed that the AFL was in a position of strength in the northern states. And while huge bounds have been made over the four decades since the Swans moved to Sydney, can I just clarify this? The Swans didn't move to Sydney. First of all, that team in Melbourne was, was a... Was a a failure, bankrupt, <laughs> South Melbourne, something or other, the Bloods or something, right? Correct. They weren't the Swans. They, they made. And what well, is they it? Where are the Swans in Sydney? They're not indigenous to Sydney. No. What is that about? No, no, no. imported bird. Okay. It's not like it's a firehawk or something. The demise, in a relative sense, of rugby union, both financial and player sense, the number of people playing at schools, going to watch games, engagement with the community, blah, 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 has dropped substantially since I've lived in Sydney since 1989. See, Johnny come lately. <laughs> You know, if I said to you, they're not locals. If I said to you, GWS Giants, you'd be clueless what I'm talking about. Giants? No, is that some sort of Marvel film? <laughs> is it? Exactly right. Yeah. In fact, I think that's the fourth phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we've determined the GWS <laughs> Giants and we've versus determined the that this, this Victorian that moved up to Woolies was actually a was a, was, a, was a, a drop, a, a spy, an, an agent, an agent, an incursion, an, an incursion yeah, from is, AFL <laughs> into Balmain because they knew they were susceptible there. <laughs> Correct? Exactly right. Wow. And Brisbane think they've got something to worry about. Did anyone tw- did anyone text us? Oh, yes, they did. Indeed. indeed. Uh, someone says, you're a cat, Smith. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Here's another one. Well, battle the big cat Is that tomorrow, as good as Donkey? And well, dare I say, I love wombats, but, you know, people call each other wombats. But what is it about the Australian psyche that um, um, puts negative uh, connotations on a wombat, who, let's face it, courtesy of Roy and HG, was lionised as fatso in the 2000 Olympics, yes. but not an echidna? How's that I work? know. But cat, I don't know. At least it's not a big cat like tiger or Cats panther. Cats sort of, you know, they're Justin Hodges. They get under your skin. No. You don't like them. Okay, uh, Buffhead. Yeah. Dave from Liverpool. Beautiful. Thanks, Love Dave. It. Yeah. Uh, couldn't agree more about Smith, says Dave. On a scale of... Sorry, Stephen. Couldn't agree more about Smith. On a scale on a scale of zero to Corey Horsburgh. How aroused are you today for fire up? <laughs> now, Chris, explain that. Corey Horsburgh is a redhead. They call him a firebrand. Isn't that just terrific, terrific journalism? Yes. When you describe someone with red hair as a fire. Well, they're not going to start a headline saying Ranga does good, right? Well, that I doesn't, that doesn't sell well, does no, it? No, 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 that's, no. that's not right. But <laughs> so they so they do the lazy table of firebrand. Corey Horsburgh hurt his foot in the Eels game, had a contretemps with Ryan Madison. Yeah. Thank you for leaving the Tigers, Ryan. I'll never forgive you. And as he was leaving the field, yeah. A, he was in tears. Yes. B, he gave the double bird. Is that not so now? <laughs> Footy players in tears. Touched with his feelings, like yeah. Brendan Cowell. Yeah. You know, gave the double bird to the, the cardboard double cu- finger. Yeah. to the cardboard cutouts in the crowd <laughs> the cow- at Bankwest. And how did they react to that? At Bankwest Cow Paddock. Well, they reacted with huge noise because it's synthetic on the audio <laughs> yeah. on, on but, Fox. But, 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 you know, we all know that those cardboard cutouts, the fan in the stand, can't raise their fingers back, can right, they? Right. And and so he, he, according to Dennis Carnahan of the failed rugby league, the musical, he talks something about that there's an XY relationship between performance and arousal. Right. And basically, basically Corey needs to be high on the, uh, the Y-axis of arousal in order to be able to do the exit perform, perform. his job, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hence now, fired up. But what we didn't know was, and and this is where I, you know, I take a hit. Apparently, it's Corey Horsburgh, uh, as a youngster, on one day played in in two codes grand finals, rugby league, and this thing called AFL. Right. And I think he won both. No wonder he's an emotional wreck Goodness now. Goodness gracious. I mean, that's when he was like 14. 16, I think. 16, okay. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he's 14. Uh, wow. I mean, that's amazing stuff. I mean, yeah, look. Plenty of text coming. If you want to text 0409-945-945. Chris, uh, we're going to be celebrating, as I said, tomorrow night, Bank West. We're looking forward immensely, aren't we? It'll just be great to be out there amongst the synthetic noise, the cardboard cutouts and the cow paddock of Bank West Stadium to celebrate the sport that could either be called rugby league or rugby league. Watch this space. So if we call somebody a donkey and they give us the finger, we're happy to give it back. (laughs) With interest. Okie dokie. 
tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!